And I didn't know anything about that world. I'm not a salesperson. I didn't come from the world of beauty. This is not my background. Um, and so I didn't have any idea what marketing would look like, what selling would look like. Um, and so I had to just be intuitive about it. Hello, and welcome to The Green Universe. This is a podcast about green beauty, the makers, the lovers, and everything in the universe. I'm Victoria Fantuzzi, your host, and we're keeping it real, exciting, and fully transparent just for you. We're so delighted to share episode four of The Green Universe. Today, we're chatting with Mae Lindstrom, founder and CEO of Mae Lindstrom Skin. This is not your average beauty chat. May speaks candidly with us about staying focused on creating quality products and keeping the connection she has with her customers. I really hope you enjoy this episode and look forward to your thoughts or comments. Email us anytime at a nightforgreenbeauty at gmail.com. Hi, Green Beauties. We've been working on a special surprise for our A Night for Green Beauty fans and are almost ready to launch our Good Green Fun Beauty Boxes. These luxe gift boxes feature full-size products of some of your favorite natural brands and become available on December 6th. Make sure you're signed up for our email because we have a very limited supply and when they run out, they won't return. Some exclusions will apply. This offer is limited to one box per customer and only available to U.S. residents. Hi, May. How are you? You're doing great. How are you? I'm good. I am have a little bit of a cold, so if you hear some sniffling, uh, have sympathy. Um, I'm right there with you. Yeah. <laughs> so I am speaking with May Lindstrom of May Lindstrom Skin, and I'm really, really excited to um, share our conversation with our listeners, we have spoken many, many times before. So many things have changed since then. Yeah, it's funny. You know, I never really had much expectation of of what could come from from this little vision that I had. I just knew that there was a way in which I operate as a human being, and I wanted that to be true in my business. Um, you know, whether that was in the early days or now. And that's always been true. So before I started Mailing to Skin, um, the retail collection, I was doing uh, bespoke formulation for um, individuals, uh, just one-on-one um, consulting and working with people who had come from really extreme skin conditions, had come from some kind of trauma in their skin, from a history of um, eczema, psoriasis, dermatitis, uh, post-cancer, radiation therapy, um, that whole skew of of conditions, and so I was really used to working very, very intimately, and that was my world. I was just very, very deep in formulation for trauma skin, and when I decided to make this collection, the goal was to take that same efficacy that I had built my world on and bottle it and share it in a way that felt just beautiful and celebratory and sensual and uh, that felt good because really frankly the work that I've been doing for the years leading up to that was very heavy. Um, it was working with people who um, 
had a very volatile relationship with their skin, carried a lot of pain physically and emotionally, and uh, it was a dark place. It was a dark place to live in. It was a really, really rewarding place to live in, but um, a lot of weight. And what I realized was there was nothing that uh, was built from that kind of efficacy um, in the natural sector that also was beautiful and sexy and fun and made you really want to enter that ritual. Um, and for me, our cleansing ritual is such a sacred place and should feel safe. Um, and it didn't. It didn't to me and it didn't feel that way to my clients. And so um, my desire with this collection was to bring that, to bring the beauty and the sensuality and the, and the ritual back into our self-care. Um, which is why everything had to be so dang pretty. No, and, it, and it's great because basically what you're saying is that you solved a problem that you, 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 know, you know, you you saw that with some of your clients. So you solved a problem and from that problem grew this amazing line. And I really, I mean, I really didn't know if, if it would, um, if it would work. <laughs> I wasn't sure if anyone would care um, uh, about it in the same way that I did. Um, but that never really mattered. To me, I always operate from a place of, um, if I cut no corners, if I could just make this exactly how I believe that it should be done, no matter what, with thinking of nothing else, not answering to anybody else, just how do I believe this should be done, and I operate from that place, um, then, then really good things happen. Um, and, um, and, uh, and I knew that it needed to be really aesthetically captivating in order to stand out in a very saturated marketplace. Even though there wasn't that much happening in the green space, there was certainly a whole world of highly saturated um, skincare market out there. And I didn't know anything about that world. I'm not a salesperson. I didn't come from the world of beauty. This is not my background. Um, and so I didn't have any idea what marketing would look like, what selling would look like. Um, and so I had to just be intuitive about it. And uh, in a way, I think that ended up serving me the best. And I found that to be true with um, other founders that I've talked to, uh, not just in, in the skincare world and the beauty world, but in business in general, when we operate uh, sometimes blindly. It can be the very best thing because there's no one else in our way that's dictating uh, what we're supposed to do here. This is what it looks like to do this X, um, whatever the case may be. So you operate from a place that's a little bit more pure and you can just make decisions based on what's right and not what's expected. I remember one time uh, we had a conversation years ago. And there was a shortage of one of your ingredients. I think it was cayenne pepper. Do you remember talking about that? There was like, yeah. And you were like, and I remember your husband was, um, uh, we were having, I think like brunch or something. And your husband was with you and you guys were t telling us like what you were doing to find cayenne pepper and how much that impacts your business when an, a natural ingredient is not available to you. Um, we've talked about this a lot. I've talked about this with other brand founders. Obviously, Karen and I talk about this a lot. This is why we do our own sourcing as well. Um, it's a good, it's a good thing to talk about. I would like for our listeners to understand what it's like when you do use natural materials 
and you are sourcing the highest quality of natural materials. What happens when there is a shortage? What that does for your business and how do you how how do you translate uh, a shortage or a, you know natural disaster to your retailers and to your customers? What do you say about that? How do you feel about that? Honestly, I feel really good about it. <laughs> I think these are all really important reminders of, um, you know, Mother Nature's my boss. <laughs> <laughs> and she has her own agenda <laughs> of, of what is going to be uh, literally prospering and in bloom and in harvest um, at any given time in the world. And it's just not up to me. And I made a choice. Um, building a company around uh, fresh materials um, and that choice has created some obstacles but it's also been such a gift because it pushes me so differently in both how I formulate um, and the kind of communication and relationships that have to exist between myself and my customer um, in order for for it all to make sense because if we run out of something for any reason, um, you mentioned political, environmental, those are all very real things. A lot of the ingredients that, that we source come from parts of the world that are, are very tricky. Um, they're tricky in terms of weather. They can just be completely wiped out by a drought or a hurricane or a flood. Um, as well as through political turmoil, there's often issues with, with customs or with entire areas um, being shut down and unable to um, to sell uh, for, for months or even years at a time. And with certain harvests, that means that you're just out. There is none. And we have backup of nearly everything that we source, uh, but they are often under the same conditions in their primary. And so it's not, it's not always as simple as if we were conventional skincare where, all right, well, let's just order up another right. <laughs> shipping container of X chemical. Like, it's not an option. It's, yeah, we just might not have vanilla for two years because that harvest was bad. Yep. We are really, really good <laughs> at sourcing. This is what we do. This is the core of what we do. And, uh, and so we plan ahead. And um, another advantage to having been around through you know, the last decade or so of this growth is we have these years of relationships established um, with these makers. Um, and so we are first on the priority list of where these harvests go. And so when there's a shortage, we get the first call. Um, and very often we are paying for harvests um, a year or more in advance. Um, so that they can calendar around us. They count on our business um, for what they grow and harvest, which doesn't mean they're not susceptible to having it wiped out by um, all the different conditions that, that affect things, but it means that we have a little bit more production than a, a small new brand just coming into the market that's buying just off Google. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, you know, that's how everybody starts. And there's no judgment there. It's just what you're able to by um, just coming into the market today, literally doing a Google search for wholesale X ingredient, 
is not the same thing as what I have access to. Right. I I laughed because that's literally what I did when I first started um, my, my, my business. And that's, you know, I, I, and one of the ingredients that, that we use in almost all of our formulations, our Barbary fig seed oil, was so difficult to come by. Talk about like political um, turmoil. It was just so difficult. And that's what I did. I, I Googled it and, you know, where, where to buy some and just bought a little teeny tiny amount and ended up, you know, a different, completely different um, type of relationship with my producers um, now. Um, because again, like you, like you have to think ahead and you have to build relationships and those, those relationships, you know, they, they don't just sustain you, they grow your business. So I definitely understand what you're saying. And I, I really like that you're planning ahead and also that you appreciate the fact that if, if something, which is like, it's all of our nightmares, right? If there's, there's a a hurricane or a storm that wipes out, you know, vanilla and you have what you have, then so does your customer, so does your retailer. And that's just fact that there's nothing, there's, you have no control. So that's what you have to deal with, which this is, um, so this goes into a pretty um, interesting conversation I had the other day with um, someone here at work about, you know, retailers and some of the retailers that we do work with. What happens if something like this does happen to May Lindstrom and a very, you know, um, high performing retailer, you have to, you have to call them and say, Hey, we only have, you know, 200 blue cocoons left this season. Um, because of this reason, how have you dealt with any of that? Or how do you anticipate dealing with that? If that were to happen, I'm sure that things like this have happened already because it's happened to us, but how do you, how do you anticipate dealing with that? My hope is always that any retailer who's in relationship with us takes that as the same reminder that we have that these are special. And so instead of it being a, well, shit, like all of our businesses are just, you know, going to take a dive right now, instead of that being the attitude, it's, oh, I hope the people who are living in that country that we can't source from right now are okay. I hope that the farmers whose livelihood depends on your purchase are okay. I hope that those villages that are supported by our purchases are okay. Then from there we go, all right, so what does it actually look like to get back in stock? Are we talking, we're out for, you know, until the next EO comes through next month? Are we talking six months? Are we talking, we might have to completely reformulate and this will come back two years from now. and we haven't had the latter, luckily. Um, but these conversations do come up, and rarely, because because we've gotten very good at this, um, it really doesn't come up hardly ever. We've only had one reformulation in our history um, due to not being able to get an ingredient at the quality standard that I believe in. And everything else has just improved and improved and improved time over time over time. Um, and so for me, I always look at this any obstacle is an opportunity to do better, to clear the slate and start over. Um, for our retailers, I understand that they come from a different place, um, but I also hope that if they're in relationship with me, that they get it. Um, and that might be romantic and it might be <laughs> like a little idealistic, and certainly that expectation is not met every time, but I operate from that place. 
No, I, I think that's great. I, I, first of all, this is why I adore you so much. I, I love that you care about the farmers and the producers. They really are our businesses, right? They really are. Um, right, exactly. Well, there's no, there's no replacing that. And so, um, yeah, on a practical level, if we are wiped out of enough ingredients across the world for whatever reason that we can't make our formulas, you know, then we're either sold out of that product or the company closes. Right. No, so the, this is it's pre- appreciation for that is what makes the natural beauty, green beauty so special. So I know that you think like that and a lot of other founders think like that. And this is very important to our businesses. But I also, you know, I think like what you're what you're saying, um, you have, you know, you, you offer that understanding um, to retailers, too, that, you know, this is how it is. Um, and I think that, I don't know how you feel about this, but I think it's time for some of these retailers to fit into our space and not for us to fit, to fit into their space. Um, I think for a long time, a lot of smaller brands or independent brands like, you know, uh, are a night for green beauty, um, collaborative, uh, collection of brands have tried to fit into the model of these bigger businesses that want to be part of the green beauty business. And I think, you know, one of the things I I remember having a conversation with a retailer who, you know, laid out this whole plan of growth and projection of, you know, opening up a hundred stores within a two year, you know, time space. And I just automatically thought that's impossible. First of all, it's impossible for that to happen. And with natural beauty, with the kinds of brands that they were seeking to put into that, into their model. And second, it'll be impossible for me. And I also don't want to do that. I like to do what I like to do. I like to experiment. And I don't want to feel the pressure of having to, you know, sustain a, a big model of retail with the quality of work that we do. I know that you feel the same because we've talked about this uh, plenty of times and I think it's time for them to kind of fit into our world and not for us to fit into their world. And I know you've been saying this for a long time, too. So um, it's great that that you this is part of, you know, your education and training when you do partner with someone that these types of this is what makes Maylinstrom special. What do you think for the future of of natural and green beauty? What what do you see happening a lot of things happening and um you know i I think there's always a choice here um and we were talking before we started recording about um how now at this stage um, of mainstream scanner where our success is and where our growth is we are a strong enough sustainable enough recognized enough company that that we're solid we're good our clients are here and they're staying and they're growing of their own accord um, and really, really get what we do and are on board with us and we're in relationship together. And so because of that, I can take risks in a way that I couldn't in the early years and wouldn't feel confident doing if I was just starting now. And so I have that advantage. You have that advantage. Um, someone coming onto the scene now is going to have a very different conversation than we are. And what I've learned, especially over the last few years, is I've really 
instituted a whole different level of uh, requirements um, that surround the relationships that I have with outside retailers um, is I've just become more and more sure about what it is that my path is. And so for retailers that are on board, it's awesome because they, they get it from the get-go. And even if there's a challenge there and we can work through things together and it um, creates more difficulty, everybody gets what it's for and we're in it together. And if it's a mismatch, it's also really, really clear that it's a mismatch because I have such clear lines drawn now. Um, where in the beginning, it was a lot more wishy-washy. And now it's, this is how it's <laughs> And so there's no, uh, yeah, I'm just not, I don't have much softness around that. Like my, um, my standards are very clear. Um, I'm super transparent about it. So any new retailer um, or new retailer for us, any of those initial conversations where we're learning if this is going to be a good fit, um, come with all of this in black and white from foot conversation. So there's no hiding, there's no surprises. Everybody knows what they're getting into. Right. And so for me, that's been great. And I have a whole new level of confidence about that. And because I don't have any fear around it, and retailers really, I consider to be a total bonus icing on the cake, um, I don't need it. It's not necessary for my growth. And so I can take or leave any retailer relationship that I have, um, including those that already exist. And that does not mean that I don't honor or respect those relationships. I do hugely. And if you're in it with me, I am so grateful and totally there to support you as a partner. Um, but if it's not a fit, there's no hard feelings. There's, there's nothing. It's just simply it doesn't work for us. Yeah. So that's true of any retailer coming on. Um, and that's true of any retailers that we have had um, over the years that no longer fit within these new standards. Um, and so where is this going um, in the big picture? I think we're, we're seeing how people want to play. And there are definitely, um, there are retailers who think what I'm doing is super cool <laughs> and are totally willing to break their systems and switch things up and navigate a whole different way of inventory control, a whole different way of storytelling, a whole different way of education. Um, in order to accommodate our brand. Um, and sometimes it's literally just to accommodate us and there's no changes anywhere else. And sometimes it starts to kind of take their whole system and they make a change that affects and raises up the quality standard for every brand that we carry. And that is the ultimate goal. Um, because I am not interested in being a massive company. There's nothing about that that's interesting to me. I don't want to be in 10,000 doors. I don't want to be in 1,000 doors. That's not where I'm going. Um, I'm not able to do the kind of business that I do um, at that kind of scale. I'm not interested in running that kind of factory. So, um, so my personal goal is much more about the vibration that I put out. What is the ripple that I can create? What am I sending out into the world? And so if I change in just one retailer, whether that's a tiny little mom and pop boutique um, or one of the biggest, you know, most known beauty, conventional beauty retailers in the world, I don't really care. I look at every single one of those relationships on an individual level, and we go from there. And and we have both kinds and everything in between. And, um, and being large or small does not qualify or disqualify you. It's the people on the team that are doing the work, that are on the ground, that are in relationship with me, that choose. Um, and I think ultimately that's what every one of us um, 
brands in, in beauty and beyond uh, get to do. They get to decide um, what is the world that I want to build? What am I trying to create? What is my message? And who's in it with me? I, I, I love this. I, I love all of this and I love talking about this. Um, I completely agree. I love that you have boundaries. It takes a while to, 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 to be comfortable setting those boundaries, don't you think? Because from eight, eight years ago to now, like the same thing, you know, um, we said a lot of yes. And, and it, I, I think it was quicker for me, I think because I'm an older I, sibling and I had to set boundaries with my siblings. And, um, and it doesn't mean that you don't support your retailer or the, or the relationship it just means that you know what you want to do for yourself and your vision. And I like that you treat all your, all your retailers the same, whether they're small or large, you have a vision. That's important. And if what my customer wants is in conflict with what the retailer is willing to do, then it's a no. And that's a really simple rule. So what do you, what do you, what do you feel has compromised um, that relationship for you? Like what, what did you see? What did you notice that you said, Hey, this is not cool. I am not on board with this and you need to change or we need to part ways that would impact your customer's, uh, experience with May Lindstrom. What did you notice? Well, the biggest thing for me and anyone who follows our brand, um, knows that my, <laughs> my big thing is really about, um, freshness. And not not in the way that we normally think about it. So in green beauty, you know, we're we're all paying attention to natural. We're all paying attention to ingredients. We're all built on plants and minerals. Um, but for me, it's got to be more than that. Natural's not enough. We can have, you know, like here's the difference, right? Like you can go into a drugstore now, just like an average drugstore, you can find a natural product on the shelf, um, and read the ingredients and it can be actually legitimately natural ingredients in it. They could have, you know, five, six ingredients that are, you know, your shea butter and your oils and your vitamin E and, and nothing else. There could be no garbage in there. But that does not mean that it's the same quality. Again, in terms of sourcing is what I have access to and certainly not in terms of freshness. So there's been contracts that have been um, submitted to me from, from retailers for onboarding where the request is that all the products have a 36 month expiration. Three. Wow. Wow. Three years that it's allowed to be on their shelf. That's not counting production that time. That's not counting anything that happens between uh, the seed and the harvest and coming to um, our studio and the making of the product and the shipping of the product. And then when it actually gets into the client's hands and maybe sits on their shelf for some amount of months, or longer, people buy backups. They're asking for three years to be in their hands. Wow. Which is absolutely outrageous. And that's standard. That's standard. And so for me, what we are built on is a commitment to honor the integrity of each plant and each raw ingredient that finds its way into our formulas. Because for us, the making of each micro batch is a celebration of the land, it's a celebration of the farmer. It's a moment to give thanks. Um, and we celebrate that by putting a born on label on every single bottle and jar. On the bottom of every single bottle and jar, you can see exactly when it was made. If there's nothing to be told, it's not H16074. It's 
made in September 2018. And there's, to me, that is just as important as natural because it's like vegetable oil in your kitchen. You cook, so you know, if there's like, <laughs> you know, just your basic cooking oil that you forget about and it goes in the back of your shelf and you open it back up, just the smell of it, it just smells like rancid oil. So it's not going to mold, it's not going to grow things. But do you want to drink that? No, you're right. Drink that. And if I toss my vegetables in it, it doesn't taste good. It doesn't feel good. So our skin is the same way. It's not just about, you know, is it shea butter instead of mineral oil? You know, or is it, you know, avocado oil instead of whatever? (laughs) It's, It's, what is that avocado oil? Is it green and sparkly and filled with chlorophyll and life? Mine is. It's magical. It looks like it was made by fairies. <laughs> so for me, I think that's really cool. And it's not the same thing as just, you know, whatever X avocado oil that then is bleached and deodorized and filtered and cooked. And- this is, you know, this is so important that we're talking about this. And I'm so glad that you're bringing this up. This is so important. I think this is what a lot of people don't know that a lot of real authentic um, brands with a lot of integrity do think about all the time. I know you think about this all the time. I think about this all the time. Um, I, I, I want to go back to talking about deodorized and processed stuff because even organic ingredients can be deodorized and processed. And um, how fair is that to be on the market, you know, uh, under a brand label as you know, this, this product that's organic and people just get excited about that because then they feel that there's this legitimacy to um, an organic ingredient or product when I don't care about that at all. I don't care if it's, you know, certified organic or not. I care about the quality. And oftentimes that, may, that means that I have to go see it for myself. So I get on a plane, I go someplace, I, I try it, I source it, I live with it, I eat it. I put it on, on my body. I give it to people that, you know, I care about that know about quality. I talk to chefs, producers, growers, and this is my life. And I know that this is your life. And this is, this is an area that a lot of people don't talk about quality. I always say ingredients matter. Quality matters. And this is the, the area that makes May Lindstrom skin so consistent and when people ask, like, you know, how do you, how do you work with all of these brands or how do you choose the brands that Night for Green Beauty um, tends to work with or the brands that you love? And I, I say that, you know, these people are making consistent product. And in order to make consistent product, you have to put yourself out there. You have to take these risks. You have to invest. You have to research. You have to get on a plane and go to a different country to meet your producer to make sure that, you know, this ingredient is grown the way you're telling your customer to. So I'm really glad that you're talking about this and, and talk about it more because I want people to really understand what, what it takes for you as, um, you know, a brand founder and product formulator, because you're still the, the product formulator of Maitland Strom Skin, right? To what it takes for you to, to I say risk because it really is. Because you're right. It's you. You can sit at a computer and just order stuff online, 
And it's risky when you're like, I love this ingredient and it's grown all the way across the world. And there's some situations there that are not conducive to running a fast paced business, but I love it so much and the quality and the efficacy. I want my customer to, to try it too. Um, so I need to source that. Tell me more about that for you because it really is what makes your brand stand out. I think that's, that's some of the challenge. And this is also why when you read my ingredients decks, and I'm not using the most exotic ingredients in the world. I'm not. I'm using clays and honeys and salts and oils and not even the crazy, like, this is new and trendy oils of the world. I'm using some really pretty basic things. And, and that's, that's the most important thing that I can do. And that's true for a number of reasons. One, these are ingredients that are vegan. They have been used forever on purpose um, because they work. Um, the other part of that is I know that I can source it. I can source it today. I can source it tomorrow. I can source it 60 years from now when my grandchildren have taken over my mainstream skin. And in doing so, I'm also not damaging an economy. I'm not damaging the planet. I'm thinking forward by using what I know from my history. And when we just jump on the bandwagon of what's the new ingredient, the trendy ingredient, we are creating a lot of destruction. Um, it really, really impacts these small villages where a lot of these ingredients are grown when an ingredient becomes popular overnight. Um, it encourages a lot of adulteration. It encourages a lot of dilution um, of that ingredient. It creates madness along the supply chain. Um, leaves lots of room for abuse um, in every use of that word all along the way. Um, and I don't want to put that in my bottle. And so a lot of what goes into my formulas is it's olive oil. It's avocado oil. <laughs> it's jojoba oil. Um, it's these essential oils that have been used since forever in the beginning of time. It's very rare that there's something in my formulas that's, oh, what is that? I've never heard of that. Um, and it's not because I'm not scared of the new. It's that I really trust and believe in, in what has been proven. And uh, I'm, not, I'm not here to do marketing. I'm not looking for um, some new ingredient that I can pitch to me my PR team. One, I don't have a PR team. <laughs> that's me um, and I don't have a single salesperson on my team so I'm just not built that way um, you know between my last product launch last product launches there was a three year gap that's not unusual for me <laughs> I'm not making something new every season so there's something to talk about what I think is worth talking about is this and not everybody's going to get it. Not everybody cares. That's all right. That's all right. It's not my job. <laughs> Make everybody get so super excited about freshness of ingredients as um, as I am, or about naturals. And 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 I don't believe that every beauty product has to be natural, and I don't believe that every choice has to be the perfect one. Um, I eat Ben and Jerry's and I have all kinds of little habits that are not, you know, um, not all of these things, but this is where I build this business from. This is a choice that I make in this particular business, um, which will resonate with a very specific person who wants all these same things as me and is as obsessive about it as I am. 
And for that woman or man, I'm your girl. And in order for me to be able to service that woman or man who cares so deeply, this is why I make these choices. And I can make these choices because I am servicing a smaller clientele. Um, I can't do this. I can't source even these, you know, quote, basic um, ingredients at mass. I can't do it. I can always find olive oil. I can't find my olive oil. I can always find avocado oil. I can't find mine. I only have access to so much. And so I've built my company around an intentional size that's sustainable for the kind of workforce that I want to build and be a part of. When I just am not interested in walking into a giant factory every day. This time. <laughs> and so I'm not building my business that way. We have an intentionally small and mighty team. I love that. Every person on my team has access to healthcare for themselves, for their partners, for their families, for their children. That's fantastic. We do massages at our studio twice <laughs> a month. <laughs> every person has access. You do massages? Yeah, we do. I need to come visit you. <laughs> I need to come visit you and have massages at work. <laughs> um, but I think, it's, I think it's really important we use our bodies. You, you're so right about that. La Bella Vigoda is a results-driven skincare line, harvesting the finest ingredients from the farthest reaches of the world. All of our formulas are original, innovative, and expertly crafted in our Chicago-based green lab. At La Bella Figura, we believe ingredients matter, and our standards for quality are incomparable. And honestly, May, I had this experience the other day with three really young women, and I was really, I was like, wow, I think I learned more from these three young women who are probably 21, 22, um, in 15 minutes than I have in eight years working with retailers. And I learned that the, that there are people that are coming into the consumer market, meaning they're, you know, they're, they're young, they're making money and they are conscious consumers that are thinking like along the lines of what you're creating what we're creating and they would rather save money to buy a quality product that connects with them on every level like from what you explained from how you harvest your ingredients the consciousness of how you run your company the fact that you provide health care to your workers um, your level of concern for the producer they care more about that than they care about getting something that's cheap and quick and easy for them and that made me really happy because, you know, you hear about like, oh, young people and millennials and this and, you know, and I'm like, I'm all for that. I love that. I have a niece and nephew who always fascinate me with how they shop. You know, they're 17 and 19 and they're so connected with quality and the process that they would rather save their money and spend $200 on a pair of shoes than go to H&M, which they don't do, and buy a, you know, fashionable but cheap pair of shoes that won't last them you know a month probably because they're thinking they're thinking ahead they're thinking you know consciously and they're thinking quality and I think this is why you have longevity I think I believe this is why we have longevity this is what we focus on and why a lot of you know brands on the market in natural beauty do have longevity 
and I, and I want people, and, and I, I'm so grateful that you're saying a lot of this stuff because it's very brave as well to listen to you and to listen to this conversation and to understand that when you think this way, yes, you, you, you might close some opportunities, but they're not your opportunities. And the opportunity that you're creating is, has, is more visionary and has more growth in it in the long term than, you know, instantaneous type of uh, uh, popularity that I think a lot of brands seek. I think that that is probably not as healthy if you want to make this your life. And it sounds like you do. And you talked about, you know, leaving this to your grandchildren. <laughs> so I, I really feel like this is, this is great. This is, you're right on with this. And, and I really love that. I have some other questions for you. Um, I have some questions from some customers and some fans. And then I have some of my own questions. It's kind of like rapid fire. Um, so, okay, some of them are fun and some of them are, you know, questions you've probably heard before, but for some people they really want to know. Um, so someone asked us, uh, Night for Green Beauty, they asked us if May Lindstrom is ever going to launch a fragrance. Without a doubt. <laughs> um, I've been making my own fragrances for years for myself. Um, I've done a few different limited releases in the early years of Maelenstrom Skin, so if anyone was lucky enough to receive those, um, they were really special. Um, I really, really love creating fragrance. It hits so many places in myself. Um, it hits the nostalgia button and it hits every element of, of sense experience. And so that's a process that I adore. Um, however, uh, the same as I feel about anything, if I am going to do it, I am going to do it the best that it can possibly be done. Um, and I know that I have at least three sense stories that are completely that are beautiful, that I love, um, but I don't have the entire experience perfect yet. I want it to be so outstandingly beautiful um, that, it, uh, that it shifts the way we look at natural perfume, and I'm not there yet. Okay. Okay, here's some fun ones. What's your favorite color? <laughs> uh, What's a present you love to give and one that you love to receive? Oh, I I love to give dinners to people, <laughs> both in the literal sense of come over, I want to cook for you and feed you, and if I'm going to send somebody somewhere, I like to send them to a restaurant that I love to have. Oh, that's nice. That's a real nice one. And I know that you cook. I don't think a lot of people do know that you're a cook and that you cook really well. What's your favorite ingredient? Like if you had to pick one, what's your favorite one from... You know, even from your collection or something that you use in cooking. We go down the food rabbit hole, I'll get stuck. Um, <laughs> in, in formulation, and I, I know you share a fondness for this as well, like blue tansy has been really a total gift in, in my world. Um, it's, it's the star ingredient in the blue cocoon, which is our number one seller by a landslide. We could literally run the company sustainably on that one product alone. So thank you everybody for that. <laughs> um, but uh, what it's been for me personally, um, it has 
totally changed my skin. It's been the single most powerful ingredient that, that I've used for um, for my own chemistry, for my own skin issues. Um, and had I discovered uh, that particular plant far earlier in my life, I would have gone down a completely different path. Um, it wouldn't have brought me here, so I'm glad that it delayed a bit. Um, but it's it's been really powerful for me. For, for people who've come from um, dramatic skin conditions, it's medicine. Yeah, I love that too. And I, I love the blue cocoon. Someone asked, are you returning to be a part of a night for gray beauty? <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's funny because I didn't feel I didn't feel like I left. Uh, I just didn't do one here. Um, we'll see what the heck. I here's what I do know. I know that like everything else, I said a lot of yeses in in the early years and overextended myself. And in recent recent as hours in recent minutes and hours and days and weeks and months, I'm realizing how much I've overextended myself. Um, and so I'm being a little bit more careful about where I put my energy. I love A Night for Green Beauty. I love what that vision was, Victoria, what you brought to this space in that time um, when this first began was so necessary and so vital um, to really encourage us to be a community. We rise together stronger. And so I will always hold such a huge uh, amount of respect um, for, for that, what it was, um, what it is, and what it will be. Good, 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 because I'll be talking to you about all that in a separate conversation. Um, thank you so much, May, for talking to me. It was so much fun, a pleasure, and always so revealing. I think a lot of people are going to enjoy listening to you. A lot of people have not listened to you, and um, they've only seen you or heard or read about you or read your 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 interviews. But um, it's wonderful to hear your voice and to hear your ideas and your vision from directly from you. So I think that's going to be very exciting for a lot of listeners. Thank you so much. Thank you, Victoria. Always so nice to connect with you. This podcast was produced by Amanda Florian in Chicago, Illinois. Thank you for tuning in and listening. The Unite for Green Beauty team is very excited to delve into interesting topics covering the vast world of green beauty. We look forward to bringing you more episodes soon. Please remember to subscribe to this podcast, visit our website, anightforgreenbeauty.com, and our Instagram. Until next time.